Hey everybody, it's Erin Albert. It is Wednesday, March 18th. I hope you're all doing well. I hope you're all safe. I hope you're all holed up in your safe, cozy little homes and uh, staying away from the virus that is COVID-19. So today is part eight and the final part of our Women's History Month celebration of Jane Austen and admittedly Sanditon. If you have not binged on Sanditon yet, you can find it over at Amazon Video and over at PBS if you are a Passport member of PBS. And today, I kind of just wanted to wrap up and summarize all the episodes that we had previously and the guests that we were kind enough to have come on. I'm so appreciative of all of them. They've been very inspirational in this very kind of crazy, weird time in our lives on this planet called Earth. Um, so first, I wanted to talk about what entrepreneurial lessons, believe it or not, I got out of Sanditon. And again, this was Jane Austen's final book. She did not get to complete it uh, because she died while she was working on it. However, recently PBS has adapted it for a screenplay and there were eight episodes of a first season on Masterpiece in January and February here in the United States and then earlier at the back half of 2019 on ITV uh, produced by Red Planet in the UK and the European Union. So uh, there are many reasons why I love the Sanditon screen app at adaptation but there's a lot of controversy around it as well because we're still waiting for a second season and the let's just say that the first season kind of ended how we all kind of feel about COVID right now let's just put it that way <laughs> great parallels between the situation that we have in terms of public health and I'm not making light of it I'm actually there's a lot of us that are out here kind of radically disappointed in the fact that the screen adaptation of Sanditon did not end the way that Jane Austen would have had her happy ending for her main characters. So here are the entrepreneurial lessons. And I really didn't, I don't think, speak to any specific entrepreneurs about Sanditon during the Jane Austen miniseries. I don't know why that is. I know I'm an entrepreneur and I love Jane Austen, but I, I guess I just didn't attract that type of individual. But there are really four reasons from an entrepreneurial perspective that I really love Sanditon. I actually put together a LinkedIn long post on this a while ago, but I wanted to share them briefly here on the podcast for you all, because not only are they entrepreneurial messages, but they're also messages, I think, for all of us. The first one is change. And the beautiful thing about the Sanditon screenplay is that you see the arc of the main characters and their change or their ability to change over time. Now, unfortunately, the series kind of ended in a midstream arc for many of the characters. But nonetheless, you could see them change over just the course of eight episodes. The two main characters, Charlotte and Sydney, actually demonstrated some of the biggest change. Also, I think a second big core message from the whole series was rebellion. And that Charlotte, who is the main female character of the series, is a very progressive, 
non-stereotypical female of her time and quite the rebel. So I love that she's a bit of a rebel. She shocks a lot of people because she's not squeamish. Um, There's a scene where she actually assists a physician with a medical ailment. And I think it's important that uh, she showed us how to blow through a stereotype in that, you know, even Sydney, her opposite character, uh, who she ended up falling in love with in the end, said, are you just sitting at home waiting for someone to show up and rescue you? Or are you going to take the bull by the horns and be your own person? And you can kind of see that throughout the whole story. Uh, She is truly a rebel in and of herself. And I think the parallel that I struck in LinkedIn and the long post was Peter Thiel's book, Zero to One. And I love his question in in the book about what important truths do very few people agree with you on? And I think Charlotte kind of has that sentiment throughout her own arc and story. Uh, And it's hard to articulate, but if you can see the series, you will watch her kind of change over time and and rebel a bit against the stereotypes of the day for women. The third message that I got from an entrepreneurial point of view from Sanditon is the idea of social enterprise. And Tom Parker, who is the lead main character in trying to develop this town, Sanditon, to become a seaside resort in the UK is really casting aside everything and putting all the chips on the table, so to speak, to build Sanditon. He uh, kind of ignores his family at points in time and or he asks a lot of his family members to help develop Sanditon and takes way more risk than he probably should have if you'll see the eight episodes. It's interesting that he uh, actually seems to be a villain to some people because of his consumption of trying to get Sanditon up and running, but he really is trying to make the greater good here. And you can see it through his relationships with his siblings, uh, Sidney Parker, Arthur Parker, and Diana Parker. They are all kind of there to help him as much as they can. And he really wasn't even driven by the profit motive at this point. He was more of a social entrepreneur. He truly wanted to see the city developed and had a passion for it beyond money or resources. Uh, And it was really an interesting thing to watch. And again, some of the viewers think that Tom Parker was the biggest villain in the story, but I really did appreciate the fact that he was trying to, as Sidney, his brother, articulated, trying to leave the planet better than he found it by building this city of Sanditon, and that truly was a social enterprise. And that leads me to my fourth point as well, leaving the world better than you found it. Again, Tom Parker was trying to build the city out of nothing. Uh, and with very few resources, even to his own detriment and his family's detriment, and then Sydney having to save him in the end uh, because of a huge fire, and trying not to give away too many spoiler alerts, because I really want 
and I think you would appreciate watching this series, male or female, entrepreneur or straight up employee, there's a lot of lessons to be learned in this series. So to recap the parts of the actually eight-part series total in the Jane Austen miniseries, on day one, I just did uh, a tee-up for the whole series on March 9th, so you can go back and listen to that really briefly if you want to recap on the whole series. Part two was a really interesting conversation with Angie Stenning, and she's a writer who is over in the UK and decided that she was not going to put up with the bad ending of season one and wrote some novellas to address what she would personally like to see the characters end up with if there should be a second season of Sanditon. I love that she took the bull by the horns and created her own happy ending. You should definitely listen to that. Uh, episode, and that was on March 10th. On March 11th, I brought on uh, Karen Kennedy, and she is a language and literature teacher, and she talked about her own perspectives on Sanditon, why she got involved and is getting involved in the petition and the letter writing campaign. And by the way, if you watch the series and you feel really passionately that you want to join the Sanditon Sisterhood, you can follow that, that hashtag on Twitter. Or you can go over to Facebook and there's several Sanditon groups by which you can join. Karen is also very active on the Facebook group on Sanditon with the little pineapple after it. So look for that group and Karen's in there and we really appreciated her perspective. Part four of the series focused on Simone Snow, and this was a fascinating conversation for me because Simone is in the TV production industry in Hollywood, and she's also a screenwriter by night, and we talked a lot about mechanics behind how production companies determine whether or not they're going to have another season of a show. So she's got that industry's perspective. She uh, provided some case studies and examples. Yes, that's the nerd in me, the pharmacist nerd in me, bringing out case examples. But she talked about Lucifer, another show that I thought was fantastic and that different networks ended up picking up later on because the fan base really was passionate about getting multiple seasons. So thank you, Simone, for your perspectives. Again, film, TV, not my jam. I don't know that industry at all. So I really, really appreciated that she came on and shared her perspectives. And she's very passionate about a Sanditon season two as well, to the point where she's passing out pineapple. Part five was... Uh, just a letter writing campaign information. You can actually find that still at the Sanditon Pineapple page on Facebook if you really are passionate about a second season and want to do a letter writing campaign of your own. There is a list of major producers and decision makers at all of the major production houses, so Amazon Video, Netflix, Masterpiece, etc. And so uh, this past weekend, we officially launched the letter writing campaign and so many posts all over the place about really cool ways that they, uh, the Sanderson Sisterhood activated and shared their passion for the pineapple in season two and their letters. And you can still be a part of that. So in part five, that outlines how to do that and how to find out that information. 
In part six, we had Moni Sangupta. She is a fellow attorney, and I loved her story about flying to Boston, combining work and her passion, attending the Masterpiece launch and premiere, and talking to the producers after she saw the UK version of it previously and really wanted to advocate for a second season. So nothing better than advocating face-to-face with some of the decision makers from the first season. So really appreciated her perspective. And then just yesterday was part seven. We had a twice military retiree, Nelva Nielsen, on talking about her passions around Jane Austen and strong women and why she loves Sanditon. And I think there is no better example to go by by which someone who is her own fierce female advocate to talk about why she loves other fierce characters. And I really appreciated Nelvin's passion, not only for healthcare, but why we need happy endings in TV and movies right now, because we are truly living in dark, strange times. So there you go. There's the entire mini series. I am so thankful to all, again, the women who uh, decided to be a part of this. They all had very interesting, unique perspectives that I really appreciated. And I can tell you guys are really into it as well. I've had record numbers of downloads the last couple of weeks. And thank you so much because you're showing me that this type of content resonates with you. And frankly, it resonated with me too because it was a complete different subject matter than what I usually bring to this podcast. But if you are one of the pharmacy or healthcare folks out there, fear not. I've got a lot more things coming. I've got a new mini series that I'll be working on around what I'm calling pharmatology. We're studying the top 32 continuing pharmacy and medicine education programs that you all voted for earlier in 2020, and we are putting together the the inaugural Pharmy Awards. It is so hard to put together thoughtful continuing education programs that are compliant and in standards, aligned with the standards, both ACSCME as well as ACPE standards. And I don't think I ever had an appreciation for all the hard work that goes on behind the scenes until I started directing CE programs myself. So I'm trying to bring that to the broader audience and show you all what great looks like in terms of development of CE and CPE, CME, so we can all celebrate the hardworking professionals who deliver constantly on great continuing education programs. I know we pay a lot of our hard-earned money to attend a lot of those, but it's really important to call out and celebrate those that are really doing a phenomenal job in elevating all of us as professionals. So that's coming. More on that. If you're really interested and you want to get involved in the voting, we're laying it out like March Madness style over at Pharmacy MTMS group on LinkedIn, as well as Pharmacy Entrepreneurs group on LinkedIn. There's over 20,000 in each of those groups. So I'm excited to have all y'all's votes on those. And the weeks forthcoming, we'll be rolling out 
the Sweet 16, the Elite 8, the Final Four, etc. So even though we're not going to have the Basketball Final Four this year, at least we've got CE Final Four. So there you go. Also this week, I put together a list of the Indiana General Assembly Pharmacy Healthcare Public Health bills that are being uh, signed as we speak from this short session with Governor Holcomb. So I have posted that on LinkedIn. If you'd like access to it, all you have to do is request access. I will have those bills for a limited time up so you can all see them if you're a pharmacist practicing in Indiana, if that's of interest to you. And then I also included a list of grocery stores with pharmacies and or major grocers in the U.S. This is a free Google Sheet online. It just lists all the press release sites for these organizations and these uh, big chains because you really should know before you go what the hours are of these grocery stores, uh, if they have any unique policies for COVID-19. Because it looks like right now the one of the few places that we can go is the grocery store, and we need to go, obviously. But being thoughtful about helping each other and making sure that we understand the hours and the constraints uh, by which all of our hard-working grocery folks need time to restock and replenish the stores as well as disinfecting uh, common areas and getting um, the stores clean and healthy for all of us. And shout out to all who work in the grocery stores. That was my first gig out of school. I worked for Kroger and I worked third shift as well. And those stock workers on third shift work very, very hard to replenish our stores and get us the things that we need in a timely fashion. So thank you to you all. I think that's it for now. Um, Thank you again for listening to the Sanditon uh, season of Jane Austen Celebration, Women's History Month. I do feel like we kind of got gypped this month with COVID being the 65,000-pound gorilla in talking about more women's history topics. Hopefully, uh, having the women on and celebrating Sanditon and Jane Austen as fierce female amazing women and having the amazing women on themselves was uh, my tiny little contribution to Women's History Month. I really appreciated you all allowing me the opportunity to kind of swing over to the entertainment side of the house. I do promise I will get back to education here soon, but there's nothing, nothing bad about combining the two. If they were both Venn diagrams, Venn diagrams, I'd want to be right there in the middle. So hopefully you were kind of in the middle with me there. Thank you for listening. And hey, everybody stay safe out there. If you have any topics that you want me to bring up in pharmacy land, you can always hit me up at Aaron L. Albert over at Twitter. I'm, of course, on LinkedIn and, of course, on Instagram at Aaron Albert. Stay safe. I'll be back soon. Take care.